Blog Talk Radio. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. And good evening, everybody. And I want to thank you for being a part of Pagans Tonight Radio family. And if you are listening to this and this is the first time you're listening to it, please subscribe to our site. If not, that's okay, too, because we're going to be here for a very long time. And tonight we're going to continue our process of emerging pagan leaders. And tonight we're going to be hearing from members of the Corellian tradition, Reverend Emerald Earthheart, and Reverend Constantinos, and Reverend Salia. And so I think without further ado... And remember, sponsored by Witchpool.com. And check out PaganWorld.ning.com. It's transforming before our very eyes. Hi, everybody. Welcome aboard back to Pagans Tonight Radio, where we're looking at young leaders of tomorrow within our pagan community. Uh, we've been asking for, uh, as you know, we did a uh, poll. And if, as you've been listening the last couple of nights, we've been talking about the idea of leadership in the younger community. And tonight, I have the great fortune to be speaking to Sir Emerald Earthheart. And yes, I think I got the name right this time. And uh, so let me go ahead and explain a little bit of uh, where I think that she got nominated. As you know, we got nominated through various means. I have sort of many groups that I deal with. And so when I asked people for it, her name came up. And so we were gonna get more into why, but right now, Emerald, welcome aboard. Hey, welcome. Thank you. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about you. And first of all, can you tell us a little bit about you? Anything you'd like to share? This is me as a person. Well, uh, I am from North Alabama and uh, I am married, have two kids, uh, and have been on the path since I was a teenager. Um, Turns out, Mom, it was not a phase. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've been, been, uh, let's see started out, uh, I mean, like I said, as a teenager, just sort of got into paganism through just a regular state-funded world history class in which I kind of realized uh, this epiphany moment as they were talking about, you know, just various cultures and and how everyone borrowed from everyone else. And and I started thinking, you know, that's that's the key of it. This, This back to what made man create religion in the first place, that is the root of ourselves as spiritual beings and like you do when you uh uh of, of course in this is what early 2000s um mm-hmm. like you do you you get online and i started uh searching things and uh i did some groups here locally uh in in alabama of course they were in uh, south alabama there's a a few more groups closer to some of the local colleges here than uh than other places sure. um and did some ADF stuff, uh, had a grove that was here that, that was uh, really interesting. But I, I came across this website probably in 2003, which school international. And uh, I'd like to say the rest is history, but uh, it took me probably another four years to actually join uh, the Corellian Church and start uh, actually doing those studies. Um, my, my first interest in which school was all the other lessons. Yes. Yeah. So 13 years later, here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so you're also, you do a lot of uh, 
compassionate work. And I think that one of the things that we were talking about before we started the show is that you do a lot of artificing, and mm-hmm. that which is crafts, which is creating things for people. Mm-hmm. And sp- spiritually creating things. And, Not just uh, that you're making it, but the way you're making it. Yeah. And I do know that uh, – that you're now designing, and thank you for it, uh, for the, Paladin, the Order of Paladins, which is a, uh, a Corellian order that is open to all faiths, uh, that will, are willing to accept the Gaia as a central belief, mm-hmm. and that you're actually the team leader of designing their uniforms for public consumption. Yes, and that has been very exciting. Uh, was a thing that I had a long time to think about, and uh, I am very blessed to be the official artificer for the Paladin Order. So um, that has been very fun and almost coming to an end here. Almost completed. <laughs> almost completed. And so yep. that, that it is. And then uh, you've worked with um, the Lady uh, Alyssa, an el- mm-hmm. the first elder of our tradition, who also mm-hmm. happens to be one of the leading leaders in our, our, our tradition that are uh, fairly young, and uh, you share with her that she's also a mother too. She uh, is. And so you were helping her with what we call our census. Uh, yes, uh, I. If there's anything at all that has to do with organizing spreadsheets and using Google Docs, I absolutely am the first one to comment on that. I think I've made several forms and graphs and data points for different things for the tradition over the years. Um, but yep, uh, did help out with the census there at the end of last year. That was a fun project. So you said something that was very distinctive and that's very different um, from most people's understanding as you get older to the older members of our tradition. And that is you went to the internet as we do. Yes, as well as my age does, right? So I, I'm considered, uh, I guess they call us geriatric millennials, the ones that were born in the very early 80s, so between 1980 and 1985. Mm-hmm. We are the millennials that straddled the weird gap between analog and digital, where we all mm-hmm. had analog childhoods and then sometime right around puberty, we all got introduced to the internet and, mm-hmm. you know, and digital things. And so, yeah, so my generation, definitely. I think uh, when I talk to a lot of, of course, I, I'm a mentor in Witch School as well, and I have uh, several students on there, and some are much younger than me. And that is so many people's beginning of their origin story is, hey, you know, I was interested in this, or I read this book, or, you know, a friend said this thing, and I Googled it. And I've wound up here. Because it's very interesting because for me, my journey began was that I started looking for local groups. And Mm -hmm. so that would be – and reading from books. So I was the Llewellyn book generation where the books were suddenly exploding. Well, I definitely definitely had some of that too. Uh, The very, very first pagan item that I ever got uh, was – a a book from Walden Books in the mall. And honestly, I can't even tell you – who it was now, but it was just, it was almost like a teen, like, witch kind of thing. It might have been Silver Raven Wolf, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But um, yeah. so I, I did I did love hanging out in the that section of bookstores, too. What you, what you say is the, 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 that, that passage from analog to internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so for myself, my passage in the internet, people don't realize it, but I was into the internet as I was, I was, 
very early into the internet. I grew up with the idea of the World Wide Web. Um, I've loved it and sort of thing like that. So when it came time to do things, I, I, I was one of the first of my generation because I'm an Xer that straddles that line between late baby boomers and the first Xers. And, uh, uh, yeah. and so I lived in an analog world that turned into the digital world. I lost my jobs. Really? You know, I went through the process of losing my jobs uh, to the Internet. Um, to automation. No, to Amazon, actually. My first one was to Amazon. Oh, um, I was, I remember was a, when they just sold books. Yeah, and uh, it was, so it was back in, the, yeah, was back in uh, early days. And I was working at the bookstore, Crown Books. If, you did, if you've never heard of it, just because it was first, one of the first victims to Amazon. Yeah. And uh, and so they basically, I was, uh, I worked my way up there. I was uh, a district manager, and they brought me into the office. And says, and I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to become a regional manager now. I'm going to have like nine stores under me. I had three stores under me, <laughs> and I dealt with it. And all of a sudden, they said, we'd like you to stay on. I said, of course, I'd like to stay on. And I thought they're going to make me the offer. And says, yes, we just sold, we just sold out to Amazon. And I had known a little bit about Amazon at this yeah. point. Yeah. And they said, we sold out to Amazon. I said, oh, that's terrific. I'm looking forward to it. Do you need me to help, you know, teach the new staff? You know, I really did think that, that it is because, oh, no, we literally sold every book we have. And we want you to oversee, uh, we want you to oversee the liquidation, packing, yeah, the packing and everything else. Tomorrow, you were going to make us a quick announcement. You, tomorrow, you're going to lock all the doors. We're going to lock the doors across the system. All our employees are going to stay on for three months. And we're going to pack every single book we've got. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, thanks, really? <laughs> and that was uh, 97, 98. Because wow. Amazon couldn't buy enough books out of the system to fill their orders. So they buy, bought out a, a complete national chain of discount bookstores. <laughs> and so that really turned my head. But this, but this is really about not about me. It was about your story. And uh, I think so you, you, you joined on to which school, which now you've become a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um I think which was very unique in the idea is that the people who begin as students uh, eventually take over and become the next generation to teach. Yeah. Uh, we just completed 20 years. So as a mentor online, one of the big things that I hear people say is that, oh, you can't really learn online. But you obviously you have. It, definitely. Yes. Uh, online. Well, and in in person as well. I mean, I, I've always. Uh, made efforts to drive to festivals and things and see mm-hmm. other people and of course go to illustrations and things like that with the uh, Corellian tradition. But yeah, I mean, I, I really think that, I mean, which school specifically is just a, a really great platform. And I mean, it's so nice to be able to log on to something, you know, wherever you're at and pull up where you were. And it's just, it was such a unique thing, especially, you know, back in when I first found it and, uh, very early mm-hmm. 2000s, it was there was nothing else like it. And I mean, the moment that there was a lifetime membership sale back then, I I got it. I've been a lifetime member for years. One of the best investments that people's education yeah. they could have made at the time. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, no, don't ask me if there's lifetime members. We've long since no. passed that era. No, that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> no, but it's still very affordable for people. Um, it is, yes. And so you, you, you went through your courses and you, that, where are you, where, so where are you at now in your, as, as your ranks? What do you, what titles do you, have you acquired that you've, that you feel like you've been 
Uh, well, I've I've gone through third degree. Um, mm-hmm. You mean uh, just specifically with Corellian tradition? No, no, no. Um, it's across oh, the community. It's across the community. Um, well, I I completed the ADF dedicant study uh, mm-hmm. many years ago, which was uh, extensive. I don't know if you've ever taken a look oh, at that reading tough. list before, but it's um, I, there's actually an entire shelf on my pagan bookshelf that's literally just all the books that I read for that I'm, one thing. Um, and that actually was great because. Uh, the thing that they focus on is learning the history of like all of these cultures. So like you're reading things like pagan Celtic Britain and, you know, like Ovid Fosti and, and like those kind of source texts and, uh, and pulling stuff out that way and then rolling that into, okay, like let's look at how this applies or how, you know, this can be worked into a neo-pagan modern thing. So that was a good foundation, I think, to have started on, honestly. Um, and then, yep, so I, I did first degree uh, in online completely, um, had not met another Corellian ever, uh, but still felt absolutely a part of the community. We hadn't really integrated to Facebook yet back then, so we were still on uh, Yahoo groups, and we had Ning. There was a, a, a social site on Ning. I actually met another um, – person in my hometown who was on Ning. We met on the chat room and uh, she's my dear, sweet friend, Livia. So if you're listening, Lev, love you. And uh, we have been uh, just fast friends ever since then. I had the uh, wonderful privilege of uh, initiating her into first degree two years ago. She finished her studies. Um, And of course, you know, I I went into second and on to third and I uh, was uh, thrilled to be able to have my third degree initiation um, in Illinois, actually on the mother turf. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been an adventure. And so, so you've gone through the processes, you've gone through that, and actually, I, ADF, I've seen the extensive. I actually did a little bit of dedication. I was very fortunate to know some of the early founders. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sir uh, Isaac and uh, some of the other early Kirk and all yep. those early early individuals and I will tell you it was it's the ADF is, uh, has philosophy that was very is very strong and it's still out there today it's still just yeah. as good as it is absolutely um, and they their their philosophy they move as fast as acorns grow um, yep. and so they're still out there they're still building they're one of the few groups I think that came out through the internet to, to be intact. Uh, I do think that a lot of groups faded out into the world. Um, I think that's a constant thing in our community. And because of that, I think there's a a certain amount of energy when we go out and look at what we call younger leaders. Now, I don't know if you would consider yourself a younger leader, or do you think that that you're starting to become the next generation? You know, the idea of don't trust anybody over 30. Uh, (laughs) No, I I mean, I definitely am – trustworthy of of most people regardless of age if Mm -hmm. that person you know depends on it depends on the person you know not the not the generation but Mm um i i'll be honest with you i mean i think that my generation and even generations under us that the pagan community and wicca in general i mean i know it was really taken off you know in the 80s and in the 90s and i'm sure that every generation thinks that like they're kind of the one where it really started soaring but i mean i really feel that way as well that you know that my kind of peer group 
uh, we really added some numbers to, you know, changing out of some more mainstream religions and, and seeking something that's more personal and more closer to the earth. Um, so I think that, that we all of, around my age have such a hard time thinking of ourselves as leaders because we have been for our paths so far, uh, you know, looking towards the leadership and looking towards, you know, what, what the past has been and reading, you know, the drawing down the moon and trying to, uh, you know, apply, you know, some of those things. And uh, so it, it's, it's an interesting time right now as we are getting, you know, to middle age and uh, transitioning into more leadership roles. Um, you know, it's, it's new. I, I have a hard time thinking of myself as a leader. I, I, I tend to think of myself as a team player and a support, you know, like I'm a support somebody else, you know, can ADC, but I, I get put in those roles and, uh, and flourish. So I'll do them well. Working out. Yeah. Well, to answer a question, I think you brought up a question. Let me go ahead and answer it for people. Um, as you all know, I've been historically correct. Uh, now, 20 something years later, I'm historically correct about where our numbers are in the pagan world. And when I was 91, it was 135,000. If you listen to Oberon and some of the people, it's over 2 million now. And recently I was asked where I think the numbers are going. In 2027, I think it will be 10 million people in the United States that will be practicing some sort of paganism. And I I also think that a lot of um, even more mainstream religions uh, are starting to integrate some of these more aware practices too. And I really think that especially in another 20 years, that the kind of dynamic of religion and practicing spirituality as a whole is going to be very different, especially as, uh, you know, like the children that my age are raising up right now. You know, we're raising these spiritually aware, connected to the earth kids. And mm-hmm. I, it's, it's going to change things. Well, and I think every generation has changed something, and this is why I'm so fortunate to be doing, the, uh, being able to uh, create these ideas, because people don't know what the access is, is like. And I could be one of these old guys when I started podcasting, because I was, uh, I was, yeah, I know it's terrible, because I was actually one of the first, as people know, Pegasus Tonight. Before Pegasus Tonight, there was the earlier radios, and almost 30 years ago. I started the radio show called Psychic Chicago Radio, and I bought my time from the radio station because there was no pagan radio. You couldn't get on. You, no one was going to pay for that. So I actually literally had to buy my time from the station wow. to be able to reach ten or 12,000 people. For the amount I spent for one hour of radio time back then, I get a whole month's worth of broadcasting that yeah. can reach as many people as, as, as I could possibly reach. Okay. And so there has been this sort of growth in there. And so for you, you've so the internet for you has been an integration into your practices. It's really maybe amongst the other things, more of your day to day is in the internet while you mm-hmm. go out to festivals and go out okay. to other items. Um, I would say that's true. Um, I got into online ritual pretty early on um, when we, uh, there's always been a few online temples um, available through Corellian stuff that has done, you know, like the the monthly rituals. And uh, so I got onto chat room rituals pretty early on and the Ning site, um, you know, where we, we would call and response answer typing, you know, and, and everyone sitting there trying to trying to visualize and read and visualize and read and type your response, you know. So I think that uh, 
what we've got now, like just, I mean, that you and I are talking, you know, across states, we're having this interview that we were able to do, you know, illustrations and, and all this stuff online and see each other and everybody have their own pieces and their own places. Like I, it's just from when I began doing online stuff, it's gotten so much better. And that poor Ning site is going to go away <laughs> pretty soon. Oh, okay, I, yeah, because it's the daily spell now, right? Well, and it's going to be disappearing too. Oh, that's uh, so sad. i got to pull everything off of there. Well, we're going to be moving over to something called, yeah, we'll be, we're going to be talking about that. And uh, that's, that's one of the things that happened. Yeah, uh, the I Yahoo, used to, oh, sorry, sorry what? I keep no, talking please. over you. No, I, no, no, you're supposed I, to. I used to update my profile page on the um, the Witch School Social Mm-hmm. Um, that was the Ning site. You know, it wasn't called the Daily Spell then, though. Um, I used to update that, like, more than MySpace. You know, like, I, I put things in that all the time. And I was pulling – you could put, you know, little codes and things like you could in MySpace on that site, too. I had all kinds of things on there. So we moved on to uh, Ning 3.0. The Daily Spell is going to actually become Pagan World. We're actually going to oh, okay. move yeah, over to a, to a new yep, platform. Yep. Mm-hmm. One thing that – because it's one thing that I, I – People have to understand, you know, right now, if you really want to be expand your business, and so, um, like, you're not on TikTok. You've mentioned that you're not a TikToker. I am not a TikToker. But are you a Twitterer? Um, I have been known to tweet. Yeah. I, I have quote before. No, uh, I don't really get on it very often. Um, I, I used to do Twitter a bit more um, when it was newer. And sure. now, I mean, I this like I feel like I sound old, but now it's just like a lot and confusing. And you know, I don't want to go look for stuff. I'll, I'll go on there sometimes specifically to uh, honestly at politicians and say sure. my mind. You know, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that's great about Twitter is that there's you know, if there's like a celebrity or a politician, or I mean, in my case, it's our mayor. Um, there's issues going on here so we kind of been you know raising a little bit on on twitter and uh that's really the only thing i ever do on there <laughs> that's fair enough um so there's a lot of sort of these kind of communication tools um so now that we've gotten into it and, and we know uh, and and obviously people really are appreciative of your work and your labor um i know you designed the first pin of the paladins for which was specifically internet activities um and so where do you think you're going where would you like to go next do you have any ideas or plans for where you think your leadership is going well um you know i i don't have a, a solid goal um right now i mean my kids are young in an elementary school and uh and i i work full time as well so i mean my main uh goals right, is to keep my family safe, happy, healthy, and, uh, you know, and, and get through this mother phase of my life, absorbing as, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I recently this year made a couple of personal commitments um, to the tradition just to, to do certain practices and have been um, participating monthly on some online rituals and things and just other stuff that was close to my heart. Um, and so I I tend to just kind of make goals on a year by year basis. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, last year it was, I really need to get out of, I had a little 900 square foot house and I said, it's fallen apart. 
I said, I just need to get out of it. I need a new house. In 2020, that was the whole thing that I focused myself on is I've got to get another house before this one falls apart. Did it, accomplished it, moved by the end of 2020. And this year I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to commit to a, a monthly something for, you know, the, the Corellian tradition. And I'm going to actually do some, some online rituals every single month. And I think it's really important to kind of set that side of time because, I mean, of course, I do things with my kids, but and we, we celebrate the uh, holidays. Um, but even that, um, it, there's something different about connecting with other people, you know, in your tradition and people that you care about and that you all kind of have the same flow. And, and I think that's important. So really, my goals are just to continue being involved in the tradition where I can mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. Just make it through life. And I think that's a very important aspect. I think that it's mm-hmm. done well. I think raising children is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that. So one of the things I think that I'm seeing amongst the mothers who are out there. Um, and so I think people are coming to parenting a little bit later, a little bit healthier, a little bit more economically. I became a parent mm-hmm. at 21, and that was perfectly okay with my generation. I was I was early. I was early for them, but my, for my mother's generation, she had me at 17, almost 18 years old. Yeah. My grandfather was another 21. So for me, coming into it, being a young parent was not that uncommon. But I noticed a lot more people are there, and because of it, I think they do a better job of it. I think that that's a, a thing that has happened. That can be true. Um, I mean, nothing, no shade on young mothers. They can be no. absolutely awesome as well. Um, I think I was. I was 25, mm-hmm. 24 when I had Talon. I just had turned 25 right, right before he was born. And, um, so, I mean, I, I guess I was kind of young, but, I mean, you are right. My, my generation is definitely having kids later and later. Um, I have an older sister, actually, um, who is older than myself, and she just had a baby last year. She has a one-year-old right now. Um, so that's definitely true. <laughs> and one of the things I think that I'm hearing from them, um, I'm seeing – different projects out there for teaching kids something that was really lacking and in fact i think this is probably one of the larger generational shifts so let me let me i would love to get your opinion on it is that the idea of educating the child or children in the pagan faith their your personal faith doesn't matter i mean this is across the board and two generations before it you never taught your children this you wanted to make them make their own decision and then the actors were kind of like, well, we'll let some children in, but we really are doing this for adults, and you shouldn't impose or you shouldn't you know, have the children exposed to it because they should be able to make up their own choice. Well, I think that there still is a lot of it's still their choice, um, that just our community – Mm-hmm. That's that's just sort of how we are, right? Because a lot of us have, you know, some some personal trauma with being forced to to do one thing or the other. Um, so I mean, I think a lot of us give our kids options, but it's definitely uh, become more normal to integrate just everyday magic into regular things with your kids and and make it so that it's not like you know, oh, my mom's a witch, you know. Like in, instead, it's you know, yeah. I mean, we. We do witchcraft. <laughs> this is just completely normal. This is a normal thing, and this is you know part of our life. But I, I mean, I do think that that we all still 
let our kids have a, a pretty large degree of, of choice and make it be their own decision. Um, my son is definitely way less into it than my daughter is, and that's okay. And they, that may switch, and he may head down a totally different path, and that's cool too. But, I mean, I'm happy with at least that I've given him the, the foundations. And, um, I mean, and honestly, I, even that my parents gave me the foundations. I mean, I was obviously – I was raised Southern Baptist, so completely different – um, uh, but, I know all too well. <laughs> but I, I still am very thankful for the way that I was raised, the practices that we did. So I, I'm thankful for the fact that we always, you know, gave thanks for our food. And, you know, and we were taught that y- you can pray and you can connect with deity personally. And, you know, and, and even though those kinds of things I still do very strongly in a completely different way, um, I still I'm thankful for that foundation. And I, I think that our generation kids, uh, the kids, you know, that like I'm raising and Alyssa's raising, and um, I think they're going to be really similar, even if they don't all turn out to be pagans, which they won't all, you know, I still think that it's a good foundation to have as a child to, to realize how interconnected the earth is. Um, and especially the kids coming up right now, they're already so, just take it for granted that the world is all connected because the world has been at their fingertips, you know, since they took a breath, everything has always been on online and easy to access and, and, you know, global and news and all this kind of thing. So I think, yeah, I trying to decide what my final point was there, but. Well, you're also, uh, so um, you're also part of the Harry Potter generation, the charm generation. Charmed. Yeah. Charmed was my thing. Harry, po- Char- Harry Potter was a little, I was older than Harry, right, when the first book came out, so I didn't get into Harry Potter until later on. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Charmed, Charmed was yours. See, for oh me, yeah, for me it was Bewitched. Uh, I watched a whole lot of Nick at Night as a kid too. I right. love Samantha. So one of the things I think that changed, and I think that is important for why we see numbers growing today, and I was I was curious about your opinion, is the idea that Sunday morning, Saturday morning cartoons, which now disappeared, but they continue on, <laughs> but um. My kids, my kids were like the last. My own kids were the last generation. They said that they were like the last generation to actually have Saturday morning cartoons. I there had was, them. Yeah, and and the idea of so much of it was magical. That they were teaching, they had so many magical aspects to it that yeah. we we saw in Charmed, and then there was uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And oh yeah, the, I love Sabrina too. I forgot about that one. Yeah, and so that, and they had both the cartoon as well as the uh, main show. They did, yeah. And so, and, uh, and so, and now I think today's children, it's even more. I see a lot of the children's shows. Uh, my my grandson watches, and he's about five, and they have wish magic, and they have all sorts of magic in there. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, I'm familiar uh, with the wish magic show. Oh, yeah. I love that one. <laughs> she was young. And so that that. that not only were you, you were given more of a, a idea that magic may have existed in sort of a fictional world, mm-hmm. and uh, now your children are facing that. Do you think that that's something that affects uh, that uh, that help, you know, affects your generation? Do you think that that helped you make this decision versus others? I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I I definitely grew up on magical cartoons and stuff too when I was younger, and like. Uh, Care Bear Stare and, you know, Rainbow Bright and the Magic Sprinkles and all of those things. And, um, but 
there was not as overt kind of magical stuff then mm-hmm. as there is now, you know, just on shows. Uh, I mean, even like Disney Channel has, you know, so many shows now that are um, about psychics and about, you know, cartoon families that, you know, have magical powers or that are tasked with some sort of great, uh, you know, responsibility in the world. And, um, and, I, and I do think, yeah, that that's definitely – this and whole next generation, um, I mean, just more and more, every generation, I think we're all getting more and more open to the fact that magic exists and it's becoming a more and more normal thing to put into mundane shows and cartoons and things like that. Um, you know, like I said, I just, I, like it goes back to me saying it in a couple of decades, I just think that, that the whole religious map is going to be so much different and I, and I really just think it's because humanity is becoming so much more aware of the interconnectedness of ourselves and our souls and our well-being. And, and you know, and just every little bit is just showing that, you know, and I would have never thought about that. Yeah, kids cartoons, they're, that's, they're more magical. You're right. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, so my last question for you. So if you were to give advice sure. to – if you were to give advice to a younger person, say yourself back when you were like 15, is there anything that you would say to them that you would like them to know or even to, or even to um, a young person about the idea of becoming a leader or taking leadership roles within the, the idea of, of the craft, of the practices? Um, yeah. So there's, there's a couple of things I think that I would say to 15 year old me. And one of them would be learn as many different flavors of magic as you can, even if it's just reading a little bit about it, reading a little article, talking to somebody who explains something that, that you do different, because I I really think that it is very important uh, to start off with a real wide base. And then as you grow and mature, you can narrow that, narrow that up, 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 up until you have found, you know, your self within your spiritual practice. Um, but it's, it's so important to have that base to begin with because you may, there may be something out there, some practice that is absolutely exactly resonating perfectly with you. And if you don't ever go find it, you'll you'll never get to experience that. So that's my first thing. And the second thing is uh, to work on, I don't know really the right way to say it, but I guess accepting your self-image mm-hmm. um, as soon as you get into adulthood. And I don't want to like pull out, oh, do shadow work and stuff like that. But I really think that in that precipice, when you're going from adolescence into adulthood, that serious exploration of your self-identity is will that will save you so much in the long run and that's advice not even just for becoming a pagan leader that's just people growing up you know take Mm -hmm. the time to address yourself when you are that age and you will you'll have a a much smoother ride (laughs) when you get into your 20s I, I agree. I, that's very good advice. I think that I can I can agree that I think that 
as we as we see the generation grow, they're going to be becoming more self-aware. And uh, I think that our community is in great hands with individuals like yourself. I want to thank you for being coming on. Um, yeah, think, you're welcome. I think we covered quite a bit of ground. And uh, did. It was quite fun. And uh, so I appreciate you, and I appreciate all the work that you're doing, uh, especially uh, with the Paladins, because I, that's very near dear to my heart, mm-hmm. and uh, with the tradition, uh, the Carolina tradition. And it's very interesting because we are interviewing leaders from across the spectrum, and so I find it uh, so I'm so glad to, to speak to somebody within my own tradition, um, who's who's found the services that we put out useful. And uh, I, th- I thank you for being a part of this. And I, if there, you know, that I'm hoping to do another uh, more interviews as time goes on with you. I think it's uh, it's fascinating. That would um, be great. Maybe we can talk about craft projects next time. I do. I think that I think that, that craft projects are, are are a very important part of uh, I think where the, where everything is going. So, folks. Uh, so, thank you, Sir Emerald Earthheart. Yep. Uh, and uh, we we're and we've spoken with her tonight. And uh, if you want to get a hold of her, uh, you can you can find her. We were, yep. We, uh, if you if you can spell my name right, you can find me. I'm sure it'll probably be in the description of this post. But if you Google search my name, I am the one and only. There you go. And with <laughs> that, so we're going to be right back. We're going to take this musical break, and we'll be right back with a little bit of pagan news. And so thank you, and we're going to continue on. Blessed be, and uh, thank you again. Yeah, blessed be. Pagans Tonight Radio is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anywhere, anytime online magical education. And take a look at PaganWorld.ning.com. Tonight it is starting to be really fleshed out. You're going to see more. And one of the places we're going to demonstrate the emerging Pagan World Leadership Conference, February 18th, 19th, and 20th. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be very important. But we're going to continue on with constant. I have a hard time with his name, and I so apologize because he's such a fascinating kid. Reverend Thalia and Reverend Const, Reverend Constantinos. Okay. Done butchering it. He gives it properly. I think this is a very fascinating one. These individuals are from Greece. They run and operate their church there. He's done a lot of translation work as well for the uh, Corellian tradition. And here we go. Hi, everybody. Tonight we have a special treat. Um, And this is going to be one of those moments where you're going to take a couple of shots because this is a – is great two great leaders, uh, Reverend High Priestess Thalia and Constantinus. Uh, we're gonna get them to pronounce it properly. Uh, and I apologize to everybody that I that I that is, but that was your first drink for the day. This is a drinking game, as everybody knows. At, there's at the end drinking game when I do radio. Um, but we are very grateful. They are from. <laughs> from Greece and they're doing the work uh, for temple, their temple. So why don't I get you guys your story, your original story and, and for our audience, the proper pronunciation of your name is my butchering. Um, no worries. Well, uh, Sanya, do you want to go first? You go right? first, please. Okay. 
I've, started, I've joined the, the Gorillian tradition at uh, 2006. I was a member of the Divine Flame uh, Temple in Greece. And um, through the years, I discovered uh, the teachings, uh, the, the family that the Gorillian family actually is. And um, when I joined the the military for my 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 my, my time it's obligatory here uh, i lost contact uh, with the tradition but after that uh, 2011 i met uh, thalia and other current members of the temple and uh, they wanted to learn more so we we started uh, doing the first degree, the second degree, and then uh, get to know each other. At uh, 2007, I also joined the Order of Reiki, and uh, I completed the three degrees. I then continued to Kundalini Reiki. I especially love the healing and the idea of uh, offering energy to other people and um, those were the basic uh, structures uh, of my life after that. At uh, 2016, yes, 2016, we, Alex, uh, Reva Alex, Armaos, uh, asked me if I wanted to start a temple in Greece and he contacted uh, our chancellor and first priest uh, Revdon, and uh, he agreed to recognize the things that all the previous members had uh, had gone through. And uh, after that, a year later, at 2017, uh, Servant of Hermes, Sign was born. That's lovely. All right. Um, and Thalia, you, you, you came in through that process as well? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, well, uh, at first I was a very skeptic person. I didn't believe many things and I wanted proofs and uh, <laughs> I was an atheist. <laughs> and uh, I started um, uh, with Reiki with mm -hmm. Costantinos, and uh, I started to um, to want to learn about magic, and um, one thing brings the other, and uh, I started to um, uh, to have a contact with the divine uh, as a god and goddess, and uh, this was uh, something very strong for me uh, because. Um, I felt that this was the path for me, the call, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I started with uh, first degree, second degree, third degree, and uh, we we was very close to each other. We have uh, the one um, uh, make the other uh, to, to, to question things and make things uh, one level uh, after the other. And um, 
to explore uh, our minds and our souls and what uh, the, un- the unknown, the unseen. So um, I think that together we we put the basis of uh, this temple and um, the one make the other person to be a better person to to recognize Absolutely. things that uh, we didn't know that were there you know uh, and then uh, uh-huh, yes yes go ahead then it was a distance because uh, the two cities we are, uh, it's in the north and the south of Greece. Uh, we have to make, uh, to travel, to see each other, to make uh, the rituals. And as the years uh, uh, passes, uh, we understand that we should have um, uh, two bases for uh, the temple we wanted to make and uh, to uh, to to make this work you know because uh, people who was uh, difficult to go from town to town here in Greece uh, maybe it's a small uh, country but um, for us here these distances are very big <laughs> I can understand that so when people think of in the United States and in the Western Hemisphere, um, mm-hmm. we tend to think of Greece as this sort of paragon yes, yes. of paganism. But it's really a very Christian country, isn't it? Or is, yes. it, is the paganism 95%, there? Ninety-five percent of uh, the people here are Christian, Orthodox Christians, mm-hmm. and only five percent is uh, documented as atheist or other religion. Oh, is that an issue? Yes, uh, actually we have uh, uh, the National Council of uh, Greeks uh, that uh, that follows the the ancient system of uh, beliefs to the old gods, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they've started uh, to 2005 to fight for recognition and for rights, for ritual rights to the ancient sites. And it's a work in progress. We actually mimicked uh, many of the legal actions they took to establish our temple here. We have to be very careful, yes. And so so the people don't realize that, because we tend to think of Greece, yeah. right? And uh, as like Hercules and Zeus and... And in the West here, we we have all that mythology, mm-hmm. and it's not the same mythology for you. For you, I mean, you're a lot closer to the sources, the temples, um, and you have a lot of the ruins. But you're not allowed to worship at these ruins, are you? No, uh, they not are. That prohib- it is prohibited, and it, uh, most of our temples are under UNESCO protection, mm-hmm. and uh, that is uh, no religious uh, actions uh, can be held there. So let's get that cleared up because people think that that's, you know, that is still happening and it's it's not. They're, they're protected spaces. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. the only ritual that we can say is being held still is the lighting of the flame for the Olympics. All right. That's a theatric action. It's not a real uh, a ritual. Mm-hmm. They just mimic the old ways and how they did the priestesses and gained the flame. Just that. Oh, that's bad time. That's very interesting. It's a, you don't think about that very much when the Olympics is, they just had them in Japan and that mm-hmm. flame came all the way over from Greece. Mm-hmm. So let me ask the question here. How do you pronounce So what is the Greece in its native language, in your native tongue? What is the word for that? So we call it Greece, but that's an Americanized version or an Englishized oh. version. It's Elas. Elas? Elas. Or Elada, Elada mm-hmm. in uh, modern. Greece. Modern, yes. Um, I know that people, so we know that's a little tough and everything, but you guys have been doing a really good job. And you have a lot of members, and you've been translating text into from English to Greece. I know Lord Don is always so happy to hear about that. There's something very um, satisfying about that. And so what made you pick up, say, Wicca versus we have in the United States Hellenics and Reconstructionists who are trying to rebuild the idea of the Greek religions? Mm-hmm. You guys are basically Wiccans, right? And or are you, and so that's a little bit different from that sort of Hellenic process. Yes. So it's very interesting. So what is it that brought you into Wicca other than what brought you into Wicca versus, you know, practicing that form of paganism, the local? I was uh, 15 when I first uh, came across the term Wicca. And uh, I felt it fitted best. Wicca has uh, magic, has energy working, uh, has a religion uh, built on the divinity of the human, of the human, of the human being, and the higher self. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hellenism uh, is not that. Hellenism is about uh, the deities that came to being the fight between uh, the higher entities like Titans, uh, the um, Gaia, uh, Uranus, and how they created humans, and uh, how they developed a system that's more of um, coexistence than development. I find Wicca is a path of development, and especially Korean Wicca, as we're here, uh, to be the path of finding ourselves and uh, connecting with our higher selves. Also, I think that... Please. Also, I think that Wicca uh, is a, a, a modern religion who applies to, to uh, our needs more than uh, a religion as old as uh, the old religion. I mean, we are uh, modern people and uh, we have uh, different needs and uh, a different uh, society than those people. And uh, even though we admire uh, those people, 
uh, we are not them. We live in another uh, um, in another time, and the Wicca is uh, uh, um, in a masteriazi calitera. How can I say it? It fits better. Yes. That makes that makes good sense to me and, and things like that. Yeah. So as you've been you're practicing, um, I know that you're very involved with the sort of the global movement and your younger leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons you were nominated uh, as, as, um, as, as a part of the younger leadership. What do you think is your duty to your community? Do you have a duty to your community? A duty. Hmm. Duty or what is it that you do with your community? Let me try simple it. What do you do with your practitioners and those you are, are working with? We're still developing uh, the temple. So uh, our main focus is on training, mm-hmm. on uh, spreading uh, spreading the teachings mm-hmm. of uh, the Korean tradition, of Wicca, of paganism, of mm-hmm. uh, making contact, uh, contact with uh, other pagan uh, groups and communities in Greece. Uh, to unite, to work together, uh, and our duty is to protect our people in Greece um, due to the increasing uh, numbers of uh, fascism. Uh, the, the beliefs of Wicca are quite uh, Yeah. Mm. So that that must that, I can see that being difficult, and and that's you know that's something that you know we went through that in the United States, but it's gotten a lot better, and we have we don't have so much state religion here, though you could you can't tell lately, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know we have a little bit more freedom, mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of discrimination here against Wiccans and we were able to overcome it. But you guys, you have a very different style of government from us. There's not the same level of freedoms. I mean, there's, you have a different set of freedoms, but like in religion, you you don't have the same sort of freedom of thought. Mm -hmm. And so- We are only protected by the European Union decisions. mm -hmm. But um, even then, uh, they need to go by our parliament to be to be considered laws. And so and that's very difficult. That. Politicians don't want to um, present something different from the norm. So there's so so all of that comes in. So let me go ahead and take it into a more positive light. And that's you know, people pray we need to, you know, help out, and this is one something I think I think we need to be, uh, especially within the great family, we need to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. What is it that mm-hmm. you, what do you guys do? Uh, so you do celebrations, you know, the Sabbaths and the celebrations. Are those, you know, are, those are pretty joyful, right? Do you guys have those? Yes. Um, yes. We try to uh, to inspire people so that. Uh, 
not to do just uh, a ritual they read and uh, do the things. Uh, we try to inspire them to, to sing, to dance, uh, uh, to have joy and passion and all these things and um, to, to be together, to open their hearts, uh, connect with the divine, all these things that are very uh, I think they miss from uh, the the religion of uh, Christianity that uh, most mm-hmm. people have. It's uh, uh, not joyful and not uh, open, you know, very strict. Uh, we, we want something different, something uh, that uh, open people up. You know. I I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, go ahead. Okay. It's quite difficult to keep the religion uh, alive, uh, but uh, we do all the Sabbaths. We try to add the Esbat celebrations, like we were going to do at the uh, 9th of uh, October for the new moon, at 6th mm-hmm. of October. And um, we try to either gather, either at the... Uh, Salia's uh, house, which uh, works our, our base in Thessaloniki, or in mine, in Athens, so we can uh, celebrate uh, together. We also do uh, Zoom uh, rituals and celebrations, and uh, we even go to outdoors. There are places and uh, areas that uh, we can gather and celebrate, and we also we always have uh, the, f- the fear, the worry that um, someone may call the police. We had an incident in August, actually. Wow. Uh, but uh, we know our rights. We know the legal system. So we celebrate outside and we enjoy ourselves. We don't let it uh, um, us. Mm-hmm. So, so you're really freedom. You, you move. You're trying to help everybody move towards greater freedom. Yes. That's that's very normal. Um, so I was asked about this, and, I, and since I have it, uh, we have a revival. We are having a large movement of Hecate or Hakate, mm-hmm. and uh, in the United States, especially, you know, keeping your keys. Is, there's this wonderfully growing Hecate movement, Mother Witchcraft, the idea of it, but I think it's very Americanized. I don't think it's necessarily the same as over there. Is do you find uh, so? Do you guys work with Hecate at all, or do you work with the different deities? It's one of the deities that we work we work with, and uh, we see that Sorita Dexter's work really affected the the, um, the Europeans and the Americans mm-hmm. uh, towards uh, the view they have for Hecate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we use the Orphic uh, Heims. Yeah. Yeah. The Orphic and uh, the Isiodos uh, origin story to connect with uh, all the Greek uh, gods and goddesses. That's, that's interesting. I mean, because, you know, Americans take everything and they turn it into cartoons or movies and and we get a lot of information that gets changed into Well, that's great. Huh? <laughs> that's it. You know, cuz we have all of our commercials. You know, we have all mm-hmm. of our commercialization of this 
you know, uh, Hercules movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. So over there, do, do you have a sense of, do you, do you see that cross back into Greece, that sort of more uh, Hollywood style? Do the gods, you know, when people talk about it there, do you guys see that on that side? Some people do, yes. Okay. But not all of us, yes. Mm. I was just more affected by the movies, by the serials, the series, um, the books that mm-hmm. come out from America, from American writers. And that's okay. It's absolutely um, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, there's always a way to celebrate and uh, teachings and uh, ideas to embrace or not. We don't accept all of the... Um, not accept. We don't... Um, embrace. Embrace, embrace all the, the all those teachings, but uh, we will never discourage someone to search and learn and practice. Terrific. Um, that's that's very important. So, um, uh, so let me offer this. Um, I have two two last questions. One is, what is it that you enjoy most of all? What is the most fun that you have or the most joyful things that you do? You mentioned singing and dancing and things of that nature. Yes. This is the the, the most joyful for me, the dancing and the theatrical uh, acts in the rituals and mm-hmm. uh, all the things that uh, have a creation and uh, um, exoteric, uh, ex- mm-hmm. Creative expression. Yes. <laughs> uh, to me, uh, the best, uh, my favorite part is the translations. Uh, <laughs> I love translating. and I've never stopped, and I believe that uh, the meanings and the teachings should be at anyone's uh, native language to better Mm -hmm. understand. And by doing the translations, I enjoy uh, writing uh, the rituals, the ritual preparations, and uh, in combination with the translations that uh, we implement the teachings in them, uh, really helps and improves the the, teach, the teachings, the understandings of uh, of each ritual, especially for Sabbath. That's wonderful. I, uh, that's so joyful. So my last question for today is, what do you see for your future? Do you have any goals? Do you have anything that you want to do in the future? Because you're so young. We have so much time yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, our first uh, and I believe our main uh, goal is to um, manage to establish uh, Wicca as a religion in Greece. Mm-hmm. But, uh, by doing so, we'll uh, have the ability to celebrate freely, to have uh, the same rights as any church in Greece, and to unite uh, the people. 
uh, we find it really important to be connected and be one uh, family. Pagan With other religions, religion. yes. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to divide uh, between them, amongst them, actually. So why don't uh, we work together for that goal? It's not easy, uh, but it's uh, something I really want to focus on. Other goals are to have our own uh, temple, mm-hmm. specific uh, places. Physical? Physical places, yes. Uh, both in uh, Athens and uh, in Thessaloniki. And on other uh, cities uh, that worlds have members. Because Serpent of Hermes uh, might be a temple uh, that is based in Athens, for example. But um, it's a national temple, as we see it. And we built it uh, for all Greeks, not just those that are able to just walk there. That's lovely. And why not to communicate with other uh, uh, weekends and pagans in other uh, countries of Europe, uh, Balkans, and uh, we would like to make uh, contact with these countries so we unite all. <laughs> we're, we're working on that. Yeah. So the last thing I'm going to ask you for is this, what would be the advice you would give to your 15-year-old self or other young pagans in Greece that would want to pursue this path? Do not, not afraid. Mm-hmm. Explore. Do not afraid. Explore themselves. Uh, That's good. Yeah. To come out of the closet, even for themselves, to stop <laughs> being afraid of admitting what they feel, what they see, uh, how they perceive the world. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for this interview. This is like been this is great. I mean, I'm 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 thrilled. Um, when I got this this in, you it's like, so you were like one of the few that were outside the United States. We only had 18 people got nominated, and I you know, really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with me. Really we have a we have a great time. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And everybody will be right back after this break on Pagans Tonight Radio, where we're bringing you the voice of the pagan world. Uh, and we're back. And, and you have listened to Constantinos and Thalia of, uh, the, of the Serpent of Hermes Temple out of Greece. We need to give them a lot of wishes in the future. All right, folks, it's going to happen. The Emerging Pagan Leadership Conference February 18th, 19th, and 20th, and I'm hoping to have these fine folks back for that. So we're going to talk a lot about it. it is. We're going to be in, I'm going to be in Denver with a new class. We're going to talk more about that. But today, we're ending with Kiva's Earth Mother. Have a blessed evening.
be back tomorrow night where we will have the Right Reverend Dustin Dusty Dion and Reverend Brenna Grace of the ATC. This is a wonderful series. More to come. Blessed be and good night.